Hello, and welcome to another episode of Escapodacy, our podcast about travel and adventure. Today, we're doing something a little different, exploring another form of escape that doesn't always necessitate travel. Yes, in this episode, we're talking spas, a form of escape that helps heal mind and body. I'm Dawn Spink. And I'm Jeff Spink. This is our podcast about travel and adventure. And we should say, sorry for their long radio silence. We've been busy with other things, but we're now back in the swing. And we look forward to bring you some more of our wanderings. To find out more about us, visit our website, escapodacy.com. On Facebook, Insta, and Twitter, now called X for reasons best known to the platform's owner, and TikTok, we are at Escapodacy. And if you type Escapodacy into YouTube, you can see our video channel. And Escapodacy is spelt E-S-C-A-P-O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y. In a moment, we're going to hear from somebody who spent her entire career in the spa industry. First, though, sit back and relax while we explore this mind and body connection that seems to be at the heart of the spa experience. The Etruscans and Romans certainly linked spirituality with places that we would now call spas. Visit the amazing Roman baths in the aptly named English city of Bath, for example, and you will discover it was part temple, part spa, making use of ingenious plumbing and heating technology to heat water for the baths. The original complex involved a series of warm and hot pools, finishing with a cold plunge. There's a laconicum, what we would now think of as a sauna or steam room, a hot chamber that would result in profuse sweating prior to an oil massage. The temple was a shrine to the goddesses Sulis and Minerva. Sulis was the local goddess of the thermal springs that still feed the spa baths. The Romans called the sacred waters of the spring Aquisulis, the waters of Sulis. Sulis was venerated as a healing divinity whose sacred hot springs could cure physical or spiritual suffering and illness. Minerva was the virgin goddess of music, poetry, medicine, wisdom, commerce, weaving, and the crafts. She's often depicted with her sacred creature, an owl, usually named the Owl of Minerva, which symbolized her association with wisdom and knowledge. Minerva is often depicted as tall with an athletic and muscular build, as well as wearing armour and carrying a spear. As the most important Roman goddess, she's highly revered, honoured and respected. Her Greek equivalent was Athena. The two deities seem to have become conflated at the Romano-Celtic bath complex, which became known as the Shrine of Sulis Minerva. We put photos of the baths on our website, and there's a link to the baths website in our show notes. The restoration of the thermal bath complex is really impressive. But here's a tip. Don't try the sample of spa water offered towards the end of your visit. It's, well, earthy, slightly salty, with notes of farmyard and compost heap. 
Going back even further, we recently visited the Tuscan spa town of Chianciano. In addition to its modern spa facilities, though like the town, these have seen better days, there's an archaeological museum and excavations of an Etruscan spa that dates from 5000 BCE. The Etruscans, by the way, have been described as the first known superpower of the Western Mediterranean. They thrived for centuries, only to be conquered by the Romans in the 3rd century BCE, and were fully assimilated into the Roman Republic by 90 BCE. Back to the present then. To get the inside track on modern day spas, we decided to talk to a real expert. Someone who spent her entire life helping people to feel and look their best. Alex Hurt is actually my niece. We visited her at the Weaver's House Spa, of which she's the director, part of the Swan Hotel in the medieval village of Lavenham in the East Anglian County of Suffolk. We visited Alex on a warm day last summer. The window was open, so you'll hear occasional sounds from outside. As we'll hear, Alex has worked on cruise ships, many spas in Dubai, before returning to the UK. Alex, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, we're with Alex Hurt, who is also my niece, and we're going to be talking to Alex about spas and the whole spa business. That's right. So, get started. So, Alex, how did you get into the wellness spa world? It's quite an interesting story, actually. Um, so, my grandmother, who... Um, when I loved, I had a love of cruises, and my yeah. grandfather always used to take her around amazing holidays. They had this dream of going on a cruise ship, and um, so she went on the I think it was P and O Canberra, probably when I was about eleven, and she um, had her hair done and her nails done and everything else, and she had the most amazing time. I've got all these wonderful photo albums of all these places they've been to, and. Um, when she came back, she was telling me all about it, showing me all the photos and said, oh, I have my hair done and I have my nails done. I was like, oh my gosh, wow, you can have that done on ships. She was like, yeah, and she was explaining to me about it. And that was it then. That was it. I was like, Nan, that's what I'm going to do. And she was like, hang on a second. Well, you, you're only 11. You can't kind of decide what you're going to do now. And I said, well, no, I can. And that's what I'm going to do. And then it's like, well, you need to go to school first, and then you might want to go to college and go and do a degree. No, 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 that's what I want to do. So from a really, really early age, I knew that not only did I want to be in wellness, um, at that time I, I, did ha I wanted to be a hairdresser, just in case I had a family and had children and needed to go do some haircuts, but I also wanted to be a beauty therapist. And, um, and that was it then, from the age of 11 all the way up, I knew I wanted to do that, but I knew I wanted to do it on a cruise ship. So it was very, very specific. And I think that most people from a younger age don't really know exactly what they want no, to do, let alone follow it through and do it. Um, so my grandparents, because their love of travel and because they really encouraged me, and my, you know, my nan said, okay, well, if that's what you want to do, you can. That's what you will do then. And I was, my parents were really encouraging. I was never really, um, it was never poo-pooed the idea. It was like, okay, well, this is what she's going to do. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. So, yeah, so that's kind of how it was born. Um, I mean, before that, in my younger years, when I was under 10, I wanted to be a midwife. Um, slightly different. 
um, delivering babies, but then I figured no, that wasn't my jam really, so I decided not to do that. So that was it. That's how I got into wellness and well-being, and that's where it was all born from. Apart from the cruise ships then, mm -hmm. tell us where else you've worked and, and all about the Dubai experience. Okay, so I did four years on cruise ships. Um, and just to put that into a little bit of context for you, so I left when I was 19 and I worked for a company called Steiner Transocean which is on over 120 cruise ships worldwide or it was at the time, uh, very much luxury liners and so forth. So I started off as a therapist on there and then worked my way up very quickly into management because somebody deemed me responsible, some silly person. Um, so I was managing spas, salons and gyms on cruise liners. Um, and after about four years, it came a little bit monotonous in terms of the sales. Everything was about sales, it wasn't about customer service, it wasn't about that guest journey. Um, it became how many products you can sell and so forth, so it was very commercial. So I actually um, was offered a job um, to manage a spa in Miami, um, of which I accepted. Um, but I had to wait for my US visa. So while I waited for my US visa, I flew back to the UK, sofa surfed a bit, then went over to stay um, with my parents on the Isle of Man, which is your sister and your brother-in-law. Um, and um, yeah, I worked there, uh, worked on the island actually, just in a little, really cute little um, spa. Um, it's like a log cabin, not far from where they live. And we had loads of celebrities, we had everybody kind of, loads of filming done in the Isle of Man because of the lack of pylons and overhead cables and everything else. So basically, um, we had loads of amazing people coming in. Um, but I got bored, I got really, really bored because I used to be kind of going everywhere and kind of flying from this place to that place and moving about. Um, so I called up my head office, which is in Miami, and I said, hey, have you got anything else for me? And... Um, the company that I worked for, Steiner, was associated, well, was also a subsidiary of their companies called Elemis. And Elemis is spa products and, and spas and stuff worldwide. And they put me in contact with the head of Elemis. And they had this amazing spa, um, which was in Dubai. It's called Cleopatra Spa. And it was part of this amazing kind of shopping complex called Wafi City. And I knew about Cleopatra Spa from when I first started out, when I was um, in training in London when I was 19. Um, and everybody promoting it as this amazing seven-star spa, you know, the world's most expensive spa treatment. Um, Julia Roberts had gone there and Sylvester Stallone and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, so four years prior, I'd been hearing about this amazing spa, but in this weird place called Dubai, which I had no idea where it was. You know, I just didn't didn't know at that age. And then they said, well, there's a position there as a, as a trainer. And I turned around, um, as arrogant as I was at the time, said, I don't actually want to be a trainer. I'm only interested in being a manager. Um, <clears throat> of which then they came back to me and said, okay, well, well, we'd really like to interview. We actually have an assistant manager's position. To which I then said, but I don't want to be an assistant manager. I want to be a spa manager. And they said, but you've only been a spa manager on cruise ships, you haven't been a spa manager on land, so you wouldn't yet be ready for that jump. I was 23 when I was saying all of this. 
Um, and because obviously I've known since the age of 11 what I wanted to do, my trajectory was very clear and I was very um, headstrong and motivated. And in your head you've got 12 years experience. Well exactly, so there you go. Um, so the nice story is actually Jackie who was the spa manager of this amazing spa. And this spa had 31 treatment rooms, a male and a female spa, an Ayurvedic um, specialised part of the spa which is Indian Ayurveda which is traditional Indian um, therapy and um, kind of herbal medicine um, and it was part of this amazing complex that um, had an amazing you know, state-of-the-art gym salon and then this very 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 high-end um, shopping mall called Woffy City so this was a place to work this was a, this was a bit of a dream really um, but me being me I, I still just wanted the spa manager's position and the spa manager happened to be on holiday and she lived in Cumbria and I was on the Isle of Man so I got a ferry from the Isle of Man to Haitian and then met her in Lancaster I think it was and at the time I smoked and we had a cup of, a cup of coffee together and a few cigarettes and the hey presto I've got a job um, <laughs> um, so in the August I flew over to Dubai and um, didn't really know where I was going what really to expect but the the thing that um, greeted me immediately was the um, Arabs who walk around holding hands and kissing noses. A bit like an Eskimo kiss, but not. Um, and there are a lot of, obviously, Arab women prancing around in their abayas and their shalas and all that kind of stuff. So it was a real cultural difference. There was a real culture shock. And the major shock came when I went outside at three o'clock in the morning and it was probably about 42 degrees. So it was so hot, it was so hot. And that's kind of where it all began. So I then stayed in Dubai for 13 years in total. Um, I was assistant manager at that spa for three years and I was promoted to spa manager finally. I got about over 100 staff working for me at that point. Um, and then I left after six years and then went on to manage a group of amazing spas for an entrepreneur. And we headed up in the end, we went from two spas and we expanded the group to five. And I was the operation, the group operations director. Tell us about Weaver's Spa. Okay, so Weaver's House Spa is a um, beautiful kind of boutique spa that's situated in the most amazing village, or actually town called Lavenham. And Lavenham's been here for as, as long as I can remember. The actual, the, as far as attached to the hotel, the hotel is about 500 years old, although other parts of it date back to the 13th century. So think Henry VIII, um, think kind of like um, the, the grandeur of that, but within a countryside kind of setting. Um, so Weaver's House Spa was opened in 2015, um, and it was opened to add value to the hotel, to bring in a different demographic. Um, because a spa brings in a completely different demographic and brings a different value, a different experience um, and with well-being and wellness on everybody's kind of radar, um, having that level of luxury, not only just in the treatments but also we have a beautiful vitality port which is outside, that's heated at 35 degrees um, all year round and then we have a steam sauna and some beautiful relaxation lounges but the spa in itself is very much a boutique environment, it's very unique um, and we believe in, well as soon as somebody walks through the door we give them what we call an invisible hug and that means that you're not judged, 
um, you feel comfortable, you feel that you're greeted by people that actually want to be here and want to make you feel good. So it's less of a kind of a an experience that you're just a number um, and more of a luxurious, let, tell me how you are, tell me how you're feeling, how can we help you? Looking at everybody really holistically, um, nothing robotic um, and quite bespoke as well. So we've got six treatment rooms, um, we've got one couple's room which is what we're in today um, and we do an array of amazing treatments. So different kinds of massage using different um, techniques, also different um, products. So we use Temple Spa products. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, this spa and the consultancy was all done by Temple Spa. Um, and the owners of Temple Spa, Liz and Mark, they're from Long Melford. But this was a real kind of personal passion project for them. And they did, you know, an amazing job with the spa. It cost 3.6 million to, to, to kind of put up. Everything's really high spec. Um, and later on down the line, I think last year, I brought in an amazing brand called Tribe 517, which is, um, again, a really a brand with lots of love in it, organic, really kind of um, hands-on bespoke, handmade products from Wales. Uh, we have other treatments, we have pregnancy treatments, so we've got five different pregnancy treatments, along with specialised products that are researched and bought in, they're actually from New York. Um, and we were the first spa in England to have those products as well because I think it's quite important when we're trying to treat somebody who, you know, anybody that's pregnant, normally you go to a spa and they just do one massage or they might do a facial, but whereas here we're kind of really focusing on kind of the journey of that pregnancy as well. So just points of difference really in terms of what we do with the spa, but as I said, predominantly we're holistic, we're bespoke, and we're really looking at your, your well-being. What is it that people are looking for in a spa treatment? What, I mean, okay, I know they want a massage or they want their nails done or whatever, but mm -hmm. what, are they what do they really want? What's the subtext? Everybody's got different needs when they come to a spa. So part of the way that we do our consultations is to truly find out what they need. A lot of people will come in and just think, okay, I want a massage and I want a really firm massage. That's what they think they want. Um, they think that they're coming because they've got a bad back or they've got something going on with them um, or they're really stressed. And most people say, what's the firmest massage that you do? Um, and that's the first port of call, really. Um, and then when you drill down and understand, somebody might perhaps not need a firm massage. Somebody might need to look after their mind a little bit more. They might need to have more of a tranquil treatment. They might need more of a medium pressure. They might need to be rebalanced. But that real need that they have and why they've booked in the why, of why are they coming, you know, what, what's the first port of call, is a consultation to really understand it. And your skill is to interpret that. Yeah, so the, I train the therapists to be able to sit down and have a... I suppose intimate conversation with somebody, less of a to and fro, yes and no questions, and more of a tell me how you're feeling, tell me how do you want to feel, how do you relax, when do you relax, what makes you relax, um, and we have people um, often that come to us who are real caregivers, and um, whether they're mums or whether they're carers or whether they're, I don't know, um, children that look after their parents, for example. Um, so it's it's different that for everybody 
Um, some people we have very much regular spa goers who are quite affluent and come in for the life of luxury but our favourites 100% are those people who are given gift vouchers. Those people who are given gift vouchers and they've never had a treatment before. We've had um, you know, 80 year old men and women come in and have treatments and it's the first spa treatment they've ever had in their lives and they are so elated, they're so relaxed and they've discovered this in later life or somebody who's worked really, really hard and somebody's given them the gift of spa, which is perfect for a birthday, gift, Christmas, anything, any kind of special occasion, um, where they, they can invest in themselves and actually start to really look after themselves. So those are our favourites, those people who have been gifted an experience they wouldn't normally have. Is there a spiritual dimension, do you think? Absolutely. The treatment? Yeah, so, a therapist, so when I hire a therapist, there are two things that I look for. Obviously they have to have all the qualifications. They don't necessarily have to have um, a full CV of um, working in loads of different places. What I look at is their personality, how that will blend into the team, how unique they are and how they can converse with other people. Because if you're having these kinds of conversations, you have to be confident, confident enough to be able to ask those questions with some depth. Um, and also um, for people to feel comfortable with you. But the, the second thing, or, you know, I think not necessarily there's no first and second, they're on, on parallel with each other, is their touch. So I can teach technique, I can teach somebody how to get a firmer massage, I can slow them down, speed them up, but I can never, that, that holistic touch, that spiritual touch, that connectivity, that energy, that is born from they somewhere. either have it or they don't it's a natural ability like a touch yeah kind of. it's a sixth sense it's a it's something that's entirely different and to connect with somebody is super important but what you'll find is that connection will come more so when that person is connecting with themselves so a therapist if they meditate or if they take time out or if they work on and train their brain or they, you know, they really kind of focus on their own well-being and wellness. It's kind of opening up your third eye. It's opening up all of your chakras to actually absorb, you know, kind of universal energy as well. There are some therapists that are still transitioning into that, and they still have an amazing touch, but they haven't got there yet um, in terms, and that's how you develop a therapist. A therapist might be a phenomenal person at ticking boxes, um, performing protocols which is amazing and might be to the T but then that kind of spiritual element does come in later with more experience or you could be very much born with it um, but you need to tease it out yeah yeah but there has to be an element of that when I interview and when I interview I will talk to obviously I do a regular interview face to face we also do a trade test and that trade test is when I will have a massage from them normally about 30 minutes and I'll know within the first three minutes whether they're suitable for here or not. What are the do's and the don'ts of running a successful sort of spa wellness centre like this? Um, do's and the don'ts. Um, with spas are quite obviously supermarkets are all different, spas are different, bars are different, hotels are different. So I've only ever worked in the luxury end of spas. Um, and I believe in true luxury and giving people time. 
Um, so the importance for us is that you have all the, the, the kind of the extras um, and by that I mean like look at your spa journey. So for example here you, your treatment starts with a beautiful welcome, we've got robe slippers, um, you know, even down to little jewellery bags with handwritten notes on there. Um, then we begin with a smoothie consultation, treatment after the treatment, get a sorbet, a macaroon from um, Framlington by Hilton Macaroons there. Amazing. We also have bespoke teas and so forth. And that is something that the clients don't expect. They expect a treatment, they expect to be blown away by a treatment, but they don't expect that. Like the little extras. They do not. So often you will give an amazing treatment to somebody and they'll go, yeah, the treatment was great. Oh my God, but the, the macaroons are amazing. And your mm -hmm. therapists are left there going, hang on a minute, I've just given you an amazing treatment and you're commenting on a macaroon. <laughs> but the point is that they didn't expect that. So it is, again, it's all about managing expectations, exceeding those expectations and consistency. So in a luxury business, you want that level of service. You want genuine, authentic smiles. You want um, engaging conversation. You want to be efficient, effective. Your spa needs to be immaculately clean and well presented all the time, as do your team. Um, but it is about all those different touches. And it's... And, it's, for example, with our feedback. So I review every single feedback card from every single treatment after every day. And I will, if there are beautiful comments on there, um, I write on there and well done or excellent or whatever, and we share it with the whole group of the therapists so they can understand and see each other's feedback, which I think is incredibly important. Um, sometimes we have amazing feedback and I'll email a client and say, thank you so much for your feedback. It means so much to us. Um, if we have any negative feedback, which, you know, sometimes things go, do go amiss and, and sometimes somebody might not get a smoothie or they might run out of macaroons or something or, you know, things happen. And it's how, again, it's the recovery of that service and it's people want to know that you care. So I think running a spa is full of care, it's full of attention to detail and it's all to do with understanding, comes back down to consultation, comes back down to really understanding what that guest wants mm -hmm. and never being a number. Spas are very different and there are many spas throughout all of the world that are an in-out, in-out. You get 55 minute treatment, which probably isn't even 55 minutes because you know, you've got to get undressed and dressed again. You might get a glass of water at the end of the treatment if you're lucky. Um, and you're not going to get an awful lot of a consultation. Often the receptionist will give you the consultation. And it's all it's a tick box activity of, of whether you've got any health issues and so forth. Right. And those are the kind of spas that would make a lot of money. They'd make a lot of money, their their rooms would be quite basic and it'd be in out, in out, in out. The, the amount of treatments that a therapist might do in a day could be up to 20 treatments. There might be 30 minute treatments, whereas at Weavers we don't have any 30 minute treatments. Our treatments start at an hour and then go up because I don't believe you can truly relax in half an hour. And this isn't the kind of place that you would come to just for a quick treatment and then leave. Right. So although we may not be a big spa, we are very passionate about what we do and the, people, the amount of time that people spend with us and what's conducive to relaxation and what isn't. How do you want your clients to feel as they leave your spa? That's a nice question. <laughs> um, 
Well, actually, that then comes back to the consultation because how did they want to feel? I would want them to feel how they told us they wanted to feel at the beginning and much, much more. So, and that's if they even told you how they felt, but you got it from them, what they explained to well, you, maybe? Well, yeah. I mean, when we do a treatment, how would you like to feel at the end of the treatment? We also, for example, would ask them, okay, tell me where your stress level is between, you know, one and ten. Where are we at? What level do you want to be at by the end of it? How do you want to feel, you know, when you walk out? And hopefully they'll feel comforted, they'll feel rebalanced, they'll feel refreshed, they'll feel tranquil, they'll feel listened to, appreciated, valued um, and somewhat loved because that is what we're trying to achieve. Because people can be very lonely who come to the spa, you can be surrounded by people and be really lonely, that's very easy. Um, and what we try and do when we sit down, and again, it does all come back to consultation and if I'm, sometimes I do treatments um, and one of my key questions, well, not isn't, isn't even a key question, it's you're with me for an hour and, you, and I'm going to make you feel amazing. I don't want you to think about anything else. I will be focused on you. This hour is completely for you. And that is a gift and I think time is a gift for people. And just to surrender to somebody else and to be able to provide that level of experience is the reason why we all love to come to work. I want to just drill into this sort of slightly spiritual dimension. Mm -hmm. Do you think in a way that spas are replacing a role that originally was perhaps provided in a more formal religious setting? I'm, talk I'm thinking about, you know, people who go to church and and confess to a priest uh, and unload, as it were. I mean, do you find that in, in the spa you're, you're sort of supplying that need for people? That need would be met more so with a regular spa goer, somebody like a member who comes in and needs to offload. Um, that kind of level of experience, um, level of kind of well-being experience probably would be better matched with a spa retreat. So somewhere where you would go, a friend of mine um, runs an amazing retreat down in Somerset called 42 Acres and that one is like a, an amazing retreat where they go foraging and they, it, it's just, it's out there in the woods, it's all about nature. Um, and then you'll have a multitude of lots of people coming and you know being able to do different activities. I think that spa well be I think spa is a gateway into a more spiritual existence. And may, but maybe it's an acceptable gateway it's a, instead of going to your shaman down the road and you know banging banging a few um, Tibetan bells together and wafting around your sage. Um, it's more of an interim and it's more acceptable um, and maybe, as I said, it, it's that kind of interlinking into something more spiritual. Some spas are incredibly spiritual um, and um, that's quite specialised but that can put somebody off as well. It's quite difficult. We used to um, sell crystals here um, and they were all hand-selected crystals um, by a friend of mine who distribute them and she was a Reiki master so everything was all the crystals were charged up with Reiki and they had beautiful energy in them and so forth but even in a in a small town like this especially back in the years where there was a lot of witchcraft and the, the, the whole village 
um, has a history of witchcraft, there are some locals that don't like that. So it's a real kind of like, it's going to be balanced. But as I said, I think spas are a great introduction to that. Offering those kind of treatments, um, as I said, you might find that more in a, like a retreat setting. Um, but it definitely helps people along into that journey. So why did you stop then, just to, just to kind of finish that story about the crystals, why did you stop selling them? Oh, only nobody, because... Nobody was no, ready to burn you at the stake? No, it wasn't <laughs> going to be burned at the stake, no. And the friend of mine that was supplying those crystals, um, she moved away to Scotland. And then we just kind of stopped. And, and with the stock downstairs, I will bring in things and then I'll bring new things in and so forth so we don't keep the same. We have got still some of the crystals from her and they're dotted around in the spa as well. Okay. Mm. Well, when you're looking for a spa yourself for your own treatment, what kind of spa do you look for? I don't look at going to spas. No? Nope. Um, I will go, if I am going to have a treatment myself, mm -hmm. I would always go to somebody that I know um, and somebody who I know is very good and someone who I don't have to assess <laughs> because my job permanently is to train and assess, train and assess, troubleshoot everything. So going to a spa for relaxation for me is a no-go area because as soon as I set foot in it, I will be looking at everything and no matter what, I will not switch off. So I have a friend of mine who used to work for me um, at Weavers. Um, she's called Tash. You know Tash? You've had a I know her very there. well and she's a brilliant therapist. Yeah. So she then, um, she retrained as a therapist when she was here. Um, I helped to train her as well and now she has her own business called Hush oh. and she has a beautiful room um, not so far away in a place called Nayland and she performs the most amazing treatments so if I am going to go and have a treatment I go and see her because I know what I'm getting I know and the worst thing is to have a treatment and be disappointed so you can go to the most amazing spoken Mandarin, Mandarin Oriental you can go wherever um, but if that therapist isn't right for you, you could have spent a couple of hundred quid. Um, and because I am going to be quite analytical about the experience, and I know that I need to switch off, that's just never a good idea. Yeah, so you can, you can actually park the, all, all of those analytical and assessment tools and just get on and enjoy the, exactly. the experience. Yeah. Now then, of course, the elephant in the room, COVID. First of all, how did it affect the spa industry during lockdown and right. secondly what's the what's the backwash what's the what's the long-term consequence for, for for the wellness business right okay so this is really interesting um so for everybody throughout the world covid shook the way that we live you know and the, it really kind of drilling down into it, it looked at everybody's work-life balance because at some point your work would have been affected whether it was too much work or too little work and what it really did was highlight the fact of people need to be with their family they they well, they want to spend more time with their family they value their work-life balance a lot more and in lockdown specifically in the uk um, we had a lot of people working from home where they would normally be commuting into London. They were able to spend more time with their, their children, their families and so forth. And it really highlighted that need and that understanding which people perhaps hadn't had before that, whoa, hang on a minute, let's look at my own well-being. Looking at, you know, COVID and making, keeping yourself healthy 
um, making different choices, um, having that, that time to be able to analyse your life and reanalyse what, where you're going to go, what you're going to do. Are you actually happy in that job? Do you need to move on to something else? So when we came out of COVID, we were coming out of COVID, so the spa closed in the March 2020, we reopened um, at the beginning of August 2020 and for that point I didn't let anybody go, nobody was made um, redundant, we kept everybody on and they were furloughed and then they came back, obviously it was very restricted, lots of masks and so forth, um, we had a kind of a sim simple menu um, and a, a reduced menu just because of contact and so forth. Um, and we opened and closed, opened and closed within various different lockdowns. However, so this is what happened. The general public went nuts and wanted to have loads of spa treatments. They then saw the value in having um, spa treatments, well, looking after their well-being, having more of a holistic journey and, and really investing in themselves, taking the time to invest. But the trouble is the therapist did the same thing. <laughs> so now we have a huge demand. And a lack of supply. Yep, complete lack of supply. Mm -hmm. All the therapists decided, I don't want to work an eight hour day. I definitely don't want to work weekends. So what happened was the therapist walked out and decided, well not at the time with my therapist, but over the, the whole industry. And because being a therapist, I don't know whether you're aware, but we don't get paid a lot of money. It's not high, highly paid, um, you know, and you could be doing, probably getting the same amount of money from Tesco's or, or Waitrose this year, or if it's, uh, <laughs> or- um, Thank you for that correction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Waitrose only for you. Um, you know, Sainsbury's, um, Tesco's, you know, Aldi, Aldi actually paid quite well. And um, that's that, how, how quickly can you put everything in the trolley and get it through? I'm sure they've got a bonus system on that. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, but the point is that we train and we qualify for this job. It's a skilled job but the level of pay isn't reflected in that because the cost associated with running a spa is exceptionally high, especially if you are looking at all those details, looking at all of that, it's just incredibly expensive. So what you're left with, the aftermath of COVID was a huge demand for treatment and a lack of supply in terms of therapists. So then we had to completely rethink or I had to rethink, how on earth are we going, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Um, and I ended up hiring, I've got an amazing team here, um, we have a lot of mums that work for me now, and um, we have a lot of therapists that work on the weekday, sometimes, you know, school people who have got kids and they take their kids to school, so I might work a 10 till 2 shift. Um, so I've had to do associated offers with that, different promotions, do Uncle Mama's Morning, which is um, a two-hour use of the spa facilities and a one-hour treatment with some croissants and coffee and blah, blah, you know, because I have to make use of the mums that work for me and the mums that aren't actually um, with their children, they've got a bit of time out. So I've had to completely flex. Weekends, which are and still could be my complete bread and butter, 
I am shop for therapists. I don't have hardly any therapists working on a weekend because therapists now pick and choose where they work, whether they work weekends or whether they don't. Whereas back before, it was a given. I've worked in hospitality since I was 19. I still work every other weekend. Um, I work long hours. I work, you know, probably nine, ten hours a day. Um, but people's whole mindset has shifted. Um, so that that's what's happened. And actually, more interestingly, right now, we've gone. We went from the beginning of the year having so much business and not enough therapists to now we've had a complete switch. Yeah. Whereas I've got the therapists, I've got them all trained up, but then we've had all the stuff that's happened recently with the economy and inflation and so forth, everybody stopped spending. So now I've got too many therapists, which cost me too much money and not enough demand from the, <laughs> from the um, industry. It's coming back now. It was a, a tough kind of six weeks. Well, let's hope the ship writes itself in the end. Yeah. But Alex, thank you very yes, much thank for that. You so Thanks much. for sharing your thoughts. That's really, really helpful, and you've you've got a huge knowledge of the industry. So it's been great to sort of drill down into that and see what's what. My pleasure. That was Alex Hurt talking with great passion about her industry and how, like every other sector, it's had to adapt to the post-COVID world. We recorded our interview with Alex as a video, which is available on our YouTube channel. As ever. There's a link in the show notes. We'll also link the Weaver's House Spa, Temple Spa, whose excellent products are used at Weaver's House, and the Etruscan Archaeological Museum in Chiangciano, Tuscany, as well as the more modern spa facilities. That pretty much wraps things up for another episode. Next time, we're in Italy again. Again? Don't we go anywhere else? Yes, you know we do. We'll soon be visiting the Blue Ridge Mountains of northern Georgia. We'd love to hear about your escapes and adventures. Maybe you have a favourite spa or retreat to which you'd like to go. If so, let us know where it is. Email adventures at escapodacy.com. Visit us on our social feeds at escapodacy on Twitter. Sorry, X. Insta, Facebook, and soon Clapper as well. Type Escapodacy, that's E-S-C-A-P-O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y, into YouTube for our channel and visit escapodacy.com for our website. For now, from us, a reminder to travel with an open mind. Make your own adventures. Try something new. Take detours rather than shortcuts. Keep your feet on the ground. But your head in the clouds. And always be kind to each other. Goodbye. Goodbye.